Hello and welcome back to the weekend spread, the Schooner Pods weekly college football pick'em podcast. I'm Bobby Howard. With me today are a schemed group of college football prognosticators. We've got Ty Lee, Jameson Maxwell, and the captain himself, Boat and Blake. Uh, welcome on, guys. What a wild week one. We've seen a lot of ups, a lot of downs. Um, and look, uh, just looking at our, at our standings right now, ties in the lead, uh, at seven 11, uh, due to that, uh, excellent, uh, pot of greed win Alabama, uh, minus 39. I'm sitting at second with at six and 11, uh, after a four and six week last week, uh, Bowden Blake responded well from his winless week, uh, is now five and 12 and Jameson sitting at the bottom last year's champ. Three and 14. What the hell, man? What happened? I, we're all doing bad, but I don't even know what's going on. This is this is such a bad start. <laughs> like, it's honestly so sad. And I, I got to say, let's get this out of the way first. Well, you might have gone two and eight last week. You did not have the worst week. That that distinction belongs to the captain, Boat and Blake, who oh, sees you horn frogs. Damn. Despite being a 21 and a half point <laughs> favorite. Lost to the Colorado Buffaloes straight up at home. Uh, just a, a slap back to reality. Blake, you're rocking the TCU sweatshirt. I know you're not going anywhere, but tell us a little bit about the game and your, your thoughts on everything. Um, what, what the hell happened? Yeah, I would describe last week as a TCU fan, the Schrodinger's college football week one, because it was both very good, yet very bad, yet very funny, yet very sad. It was everything all at once. Uh, to start off, yeah, it, it started off horrible. It was one of those weeks where I wanted to stop watching college football altogether. Um, I basically guaranteed uh, that TCU win. I was so confident that we were going to beat uh, Deion Sanders and his little crew. It was, I think I underestimated how good some of those guys are. Like, they have no depth, which means they're not going to win, like, a national championship this year. But they have enough players that if they are healthy, they're going to be really, really good. And just ran the most frustratingly good game plan against our defense. They couldn't run the ball to save their life and honestly couldn't really throw the deep ball all too well. But just decided to gash us with five-yard routes and better athletes in space. And it was just the most miserable feeling that it was just like, it became apparent after like the first or second quarter that it was like, oh, every time TCU gets back in this, gets close, gets a lead, immediately they're going to blow it on defense. And Chandler Morris is just a god-awful quarterback. I called him the OU, sli OU sleeper agent on Saturday. I still stand by that because Jesus Christ, all the hype, everything coming with him. This is the second time he's won the starting job. I've never seen a man so late on throws. He was processing on a delay. He had that dial-up internet going into his head because, my God, could that guy not throw uh, a ball on time? Um, so that happened. So it completely ruined my day, uh, especially with how, how that game ended. And then the most hilarious thing happened. Our two rivals who, in the morning, were memeing us to death. Twitter was a horrible place for me. They end up losing. <laughs> Baylor loses to a Boco team that majority of the podcast had given up on. I did not. I said F it Boco. Didn't really give any. I said I said TJ Finley's a dog, and he showed he's a dog. He's I was dog. right about that. And then of course my back in Wyoming. I said this Wyoming team's tough. The grittiest second double overtime win for the two point conversion win. It was 
glorious way to end it. So how do I feel about the season? Last weekend sucked, but at least everybody besides SMU that could ever make fun of us just got drugged down back into the mud with us. They're right where they're in the pit of despair with me and we're all clawing our way out. So I guess that's the positive, but yeah, it sucks. Your team loses the first game of the year to a 21 point dog. You just kind of have to, now I have to root for Deion Sanders to do well in order to justify that loss in my head. So that's a horrible position. And then just on top of it all, Deion Sanders brings about every casual eyeball to this sport, which is the most frustrating thing because they're firing off takes everywhere. I can't stand just the Dion. There's so many fans at that game that were wearing it was called the they had just shirts that said buffs bandwagon they are literally just there to see dion like they have no connection to colorado and there was a guy in full eagles gear next to me completely tatted out like the trashiest looking <laughs> known to man he's cheering for dion i'm like do you realize who dion played for who he's one of the most famous dallas cowboys players of all time and you're out here rooting for him at all eagles gear it causes delirium throughout the entire sport, but a delirium that's interesting. Like I'm definitely intrigued by this weekend and moving forward. So, Col- I, I mean, college football is a sport of madness, and I absolutely loved it. And I, I just want to let the the good viewers know that uh, after after um, TC lost, we didn't hear from Blake for hours, uh, and then he came through strong with a uh, with two very long rants. They were great, but they are for the. Uh, the the pod they're for the uh, chats eyes only to, uh look if you're watching this live on youtube first of all welcome in we'd love to hear your comments you would notice that ty is sitting over here being being pretty pretty quiet <laughs> minding his own business and look um i know what it's going to be about <laughs> there's only one person on the podcast who picked colorado when dion asked who you know did you believe do you believe there's one person who did so i'm going to just I, I I know I haven't given everyone their time, uh, but Ty, th- there's no better se- segue. We're moving on to game one. The Nebraska Cornhuskers 0-1, 1-0 against the spread on the road in Boulder to face the 22nd-ranked Colorado Buffaloes, 1-0, uh, both in normal record and against the spread. Buffs favored by three. Big noon Saturday. This is an 11 a.m. kickoff. 10 a.m. kickoff in uh, Mountain Time, which is wild, and you can find this on Fox, of course. Ty, I know you're about to go on an epic rant, and it so happens that you (laughs) start us off on this show. We haven't heard from you in seven minutes. So let me ask you, Ty, you you believed last last week. Do you believe? To To clear the record, to clarify, not only did I have Colorado covering, which was all but assured, that line should never have been at 21. I said they would win, and they won. Nobody else believed me. They laughed at me. I was on the prime train. I kind of had a foot. I bought I bought a ticket to the prime train, but I think I was I was gonna get off. I was planning on going to the next stop and then maybe getting off. And then this weekend, Coach Prime went out there, put it all out on the field, and all of a sudden, everything he had been saying connected. And then when I was already on the prime train, I'd already purchased a ticket. To ride it out, I went and I heard another Deion Sanders quote, and it perfectly ties into this game. This game is a matchup of two completely different, I think, head coaching styles when it comes to building a program. Matt Rule, when he built up Baylor, did not do it the way that Deion Sanders is building up Colorado. Matt Rule, obviously not coming directly 
to Nebraska from Baylor. He's coming from a little bit of time in the NFL. What did Coach Prime say about the NFL this weekend? Somebody asked him if he could ever see himself as the coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Remember, this, this prime quote I'm about to give you is specifically within the context of the Dallas Cowboys. Coach Prime said, I could never coach in the NFL. He talked about how he loves Jerry Jones, everything else. And then he said, I feel like in the NFL and at the Cowboys, there's a lot of guys collecting big paychecks and not earning them. Dak Prescott. I knew he was talking about Dak. I said, <laughs> yes, sir, Coach Prime. You are correct. You're talking about Dak. He is a bum. Nebraska, bums. Stinker against Minnesota. Give me Coach Prime. I honestly, like, really paused a bit for a second. Just with the depth of talent that Colorado has just in their starters, I know they have no real roster depth. But with their performance against TCU and overrated TCU, but with their performance and in the talent that they have, I really have no idea how this line is at three because I, I expected a pretty massive overreaction in Colorado's lines coming up. I have no idea why this one's at three. I am slamming Colorado. I'm all on the prime train. Let's go, Bucks. So here's the thing. I, after what we saw last week, it's hard not to back Colorado and the Buffs. You know, I, I liked Nebraska. I think they're making the right strides. And I'll put it this way. If this game was in November, I'd be picking Nebraska because Travis Hunter would be exhausted, probably not playing both sides of the ball. The depth would be shot. Um, what Colorado did last week was unbelievable. Um, a total feat of strength on Travis Hunter's end, on uh, Shadar Sanders's end. They had, what, four 100-yard wide receivers? That's unheard of. That's ridiculous. And while I think Nebraska is moving in the right direction, Colorado right now, they're a supernova. And this first game, man, Boulder's going to be rocking. Uh, there'll be a lot of Nebraska fans there. I get it. I'm I'm riding with a hot hand. I'm riding with uh, Coach Prime. I'm running with Ralphie here. Give me Colorado minus three uh, to continue this, uh, this, this march towards wherever we're going on the Dion train. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm in on the buffs here. I already mentioned it a little bit. I like personally kind of have to root for Colorado just to like be able to sleep at night. But no, why, why is Nebraska just a three point dog? They should be a 10, 20. Like this team has no explosiveness, no real talent. They're kind of built for that big 10 West where it's like slow teams. that are still a little physical stuff like that. Like that Minnesota team was not good. Like they are not good and they're allowing them to come back. And I know Nebraska was a seven point dog. still covered the spread, but Colorado got those fresh legs. And I just don't see TCU had a, like a, one of the better secondaries in college football. Like we have at least one or two pro guys on that, on that squad and still got burned with those intermediary right routes. They're going to destroy, they're going to destroy Nebraska. The, I just think the speed, the athleticism just kills this like slow Nebraska team. And we see this time and time again, Matt rule, just like, will not allow his team to be good his first year. He might go 10-2 and two <laughs> next year. He might have an all-time season next year, but we saw it at Baylor when he went 1-11. Like, he did it at Temple as well. I think he only won one or two games their first year. He does not like to win in his first year. I think it's a motivation tactic Carolina. he uses. Yep. It just... No, he just never won. He just never turned around then. He just decided <laughs> to lose all the time. But... 
yeah, I just got to go with Colorado. Ride the hype. I think the first three, four games, they're going to be great. And then we'll probably start to see, like, Travis Hunter is going to run out of a little bit of the juice. But early on, you got to keep back in the buffs. Yeah, here here's the thing. Uh, I think this Colorado team has its faults on the defensive side, obviously. Um, there are a lot of points in that game. But I think teams will start to catch on to, you know, Travis Hunter is an absolute force on the outside. But I guarantee you, teams are going to start to bully him. They're going to run towards him. They're going to throw screens towards him. They're going to try to be physical with him. Because if you play 100-plus snaps, his legs aren't going to be there. And if you kind of watch, and I don't know how you, like, really watch the game, Blake, but in terms of just keying in on Travis Hunter, which I did on a couple of the drives, like, late in the third and the fourth quarter, you could tell he didn't finish plays. He wasn't going for the tackles. He would go for the big, you know, juicy, like I'd try to get a pick and like cut off the route. He obviously has a very high IQ when it comes to that. But you could tell he was gassed, even though he wasn't saying it after the game. I don't think that offenses are going to adapt just yet, but I know that there's going to be some deficiencies in Colorado's defense to where a lot of teams are going to put up a lot of points and it's going to put a lot on Shadur Sanders to win games through the offensive side. I just don't think Nebraska's that team. I don't think Sims and Co. can kind of put that together. So I think Colorado, obviously with the momentum of this game, there's just too much energy for them to not cover. Yeah, I mean, I... I, I we're i think we're unanimous on this uh all all in on the buffs uh let's move on wanna, next. you got it before, before we move on we got a shout out it just for nostalgia's sake the the classic big 12 matchup that this once was now uh you know an out of conference not even involving the big 12 game i thought that was kind of interesting to shout out of our viewers of course know that they're very high football iq individuals yeah, a lot of really iconic performances uh, in this game. You look back at like 2001 when that crazy good Colorado team took out uh, the Nebraska team that ended up going to the national championship and getting murdered by Miami. Um, I mean, this this rivalry goes deep and it, it, there there's genuine hatred here. Um, it's not like OU Texas or sorry, it's not like OU Nebraska where <laughs> there's like, it is like OU Texas. It's not like, well, you I actually think it's actually worse than OU Texas. I think there's no respect in Colorado, Nebraska. Uh, they, they, these two uh, uh, fan bases despise each other. So uh, I'm certainly excited to see it. But uh, let's move on to our next game. We have, I believe this is one of two ranked matchups on the slate, but I'm excited to see it. The Ole Miss Rebels, ranked 20th in the country, 1-0 and uh, overall and against the spread, travel down to Yulman Stadium uh, in New Orleans, in the Big Easy, to take on the 24th ranked Tulane Green Wave, who are 1-0, and uh, both in normal record and against the spread. Ole Miss favored by 7. You can find this one at uh, at uh, 2.30 Central Time on ESPN2. Jameson, we saw a lot of really impressive stuff out of Tulane last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, went into, they went into Manhattan, beat K-State, uh, obviously had a great performance against Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley in the Cotton Bowl. Do you think they still have the magic this year and can produce another upset? Yeah, this is really tough for me. I'm struggling with this pick because I know Tulane lost some pieces last year. Like Taiji Spears, their running back, is now the backup for Tennessee. Um, he was really good in pushing this offense forward. And, you know, and they still have uh, their quarterback – uh, that did great for them whenever they played Oklahoma, Michael Pratt. Like, he's tough. Here's my thing. I I just don't – it's so hard to pick against Tulane at home, but 
this Ole Miss football team, they put up a lot of points in week one. And I just it just seems like one of those games early on in the season where I feel like they can win by double digits. I I'm once again, I'm not really confident in this one at all. Ole Miss seems to crumble late not as much early. I'm going to pick Ole Miss because it's at the beginning of the season, but if this was at the end of the season, it's too late. Last week taught me a very valuable lesson. As a pat, as a Power 5 team, do not travel to G5 st- sites. Stop. Especially feisty ones. I We saw it last week with Wyoming, and that crowd was pumped. Like, probably on average, not many people are going to a Wyoming game, but they packed that place out. It was loud. It was raucous. It was obviously getting into Texas Tech's head. I think a little bit of the same thing happening with Tulane. It's like, if you give me seven points in a Tulane team that, one, we've seen beat USC, and two, it's not getting talked about, but they played South Alabama last week, and Bobby and I talked on the G5 podcast. Like, respect South Alabama. Like, they have a good chance of winning the Sun Belt. Like, they are kind of this year's Appalachian State coming from there. They're a feisty, feisty program, and they just destroyed them. Like, I I had South Alabama in that game. I thought they would at least keep it close because they have a pretty good defense, and Tulane just, like, murked them. Uh, Michael Pratt, 14 of 15 for four touchdowns, one in completion with four touchdowns. That's insane. I think they're just... Tulane's on a mission this year, and everybody's had this one circled. I just think seven points is too much. I can easily see Mississippi winning, but I'm going to take Tulane. The the G I'm just back in these G5 programs that get juice for one time a year to really come out and rush that field, baby. So let's go, Tulane. Yeah, this one is tricky for me because it feels like sometimes you get a game that is so clearly primed for an upset that it almost is, you know, too perfect and therefore just won't work. This feels like it on the surface, but man, it it is so hard to not take Tulane as a home dog with Willie Fritz and, you know, Michael Pratt. We've seen what they can do up, up close in person. I think Tulane makes this a really close, really scrappy ball game. And if they don't win up front, I think they're, they're going to cover the spread. So give me Tulane plus seven. Yeah, here's, I think, I, I'd speak with some Ole Miss fans about this one. I spoke with a Tulane fan about this one, but he doesn't know ball, uh, which is the case with most Tulane fans. Um, I like Ole Miss in this one. I think just South Alabama, right? I don't know G5 ball like Blake does, but they put up 17 points on this Tulane team. This Ole Miss team puts up points. I mean, you're talking about a team, their backup quarterback is Spencer Sanders. Should be a familiar name to, to most. So, I mean, I mean, am I saying he's a great quarterback? No, he's a really good backup quarterback when it comes to college football standards, I firmly believe. So I, I just I don't see this Ole Miss team not putting up points. And you're talking about a team that I think right now, and I heard this from some Ole Miss fans, and I can see how they would be believing this in their shoes. I think they're kind of seeing, I think it's delusional, but I think there are some Ole Miss fans out there, and I think there's going to be buy-in from the team to think, hey, Something might be open for us here. You know, maybe we're not going to be, you know, maybe we're not going to win our division. But if LSU is is maybe lost a step and we're trending upwards, maybe things are looking good for us. And they're going to cement that, I believe, with a win over Tulane here, ranked matchup going down to New Orleans, which is not a bit of a drive whatsoever for most Ole Miss fans. I'm surprised, Blake, you didn't want to ride with your boy Judkins. And I thought you're a big Judkins. I boy. do. 
I I love uh, their running back crew because they also have him and then Ulysses Bentley the fourth. Oh, the best, of course, uh, of course SMU guy. Quite SMU, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, they have a great running back room, but it's just like I I want to see the hilarity that if Jackson Dart goes out there, doesn't perform well, and Lane Kiffin just starts firing through the quarterbacks. He's like Spencer Sanders has a bad drive, then it's Walker Howard. Now back to Jackson Dart. I want to see one of those games where they are absolutely panicking and they're playing three quarterbacks in like a legitimately close game in order to get an edge. Like that's what I want to see from Ole Miss this year. So I'm like kind of rooting for. I'm kind of rooting for scenarios like this to happen for them. Spencer Sanders out there. I I don't know. I just immediately see him throwing like three picks. You know. But I, I don't it's know. It's so sad how like he would have been a legitimate power five starting quarterback, like not for like one of the power programs, but like he's not hor- like he's not horrible enough that he should be the bit like a backup quarterback. I think a lot of teams would have been really happy to have gotten him. And I think the whole fumbling the bag was what really got him. He ended up wanting to go back to Oklahoma State and Gundy's like, nope, sorry, you turned our back on us. We're going to turn our back <laughs> on you like a big old dum-dum. And now he's just sitting there. He doesn't even have a quarterback. We'll talk about Oklahoma State later. But Ugh, obviously, yeah. Mike Gundy, if it wasn't for his ridiculous contract that he lied about trying to get Tennessee offers um, on the board, like Oklahoma State would be firing this guy. He's an absolute clown. He's been using Tennessee to just get that bag over and over and over again. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, Wait, let me... <laughs> Go ahead, Ty. You got it. Blake, let me ask you. Spencer Sanders or Chandler Morris? Knowing uh, what you Spen- now know Spencer about Sanders. Chandler. You'd like, rather Spencer- have Spencer Sanders at TCU? Spencer I think Sanders Spencer- little one on that game. Yeah, like he – because Spencer Sanders, when healthy, can actually, like, do some things. Like, he does – like, there is still that inconsistency factor, but, like, he's hitting those passes. Like, my big thing with Chandler Morris this past weekend was, like, his indecision to run and do, like, other things to be a gamer. I think Spencer Sanders sometimes is too much of a gamer and puts himself in the harm's way. But, yeah, like, I think Spencer Sanders would have been a starting quarterback at most P5 schools and just somehow fumbled the bag so bad and then OSU – you proceed to fumble the bag harder and tank their entire season by not taking <laughs> it back. Like, <laughs> well, not only that, but it's like Jackson Dart was already there. It's yes. not like and Walker they were Howard around. And Walker yeah. Howard, they had just gotten a guy in the transfer portal, and you want to make it like a threesome back there and try to like beat out these two guys, much younger. They're probably wanting not a patchwork fix. They want a guy that could be there for a year or two. So, as the wise Tommy Wiseau once said, two's great, but three's a crowd. Damn <laughs> yeah, <I'm> right. <laughs> and that's Spencer what, Sanders, right? He probably looked at Lane Kiffin and said, that's a man who will respect failing upward. I'm going to add over there. And uh, I'll win something. <laughs> you know, you ahead, know some like rich, like Ole Miss alumni son who was the third string quarterback that was like the walk on that, like their parents bought him that spot was so pissed whenever Spencer <laughs> Sanders came in and he got booted off the he got booted off the travel squad because they have a legitimate starter at third string. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, what a it's shame. a shame for everyone, everyone involved. It's a shame. <laughs> I mean, he could have been, he could have been in the, uh, you know, old Miss Sigma new, uh, pledge class, you know, as, as we've seen from, uh, old Bunky Perkins, that's, that's quite, quite a roster. So, mm-hmm. um, anyways, let's move on to our next game because it's been 24 minutes and we've only picked two ball games. So, right. uh, <laughs> we're on par for the course. I love how tight had this whole breakdown before, before the pod in our chat about how much time we needed to do to do an hour show. 
And uh, yeah, we're already off the, off the wheels, just completely off the wagon. I love it. Anyways, our next ball game, Friday night, the Illinois fighting Illini and Brett Bielema, 1-0, 0-1 against the spread, head to Lawrence, Kansas on a Friday night to take on Kansas, uh, who are 1-0, and I don't think they're 0-1 against the spread. I think that's that's incorrect. I don't think they had um, a spread, but uh, the Jayhawks favored by three here. Uh, this game at 6.30 p.m. Central Time, ESPN2 on a Friday night. Um, I believe this is who, – who, who went last? I, it's been That's so long. This is my pick. Hi, you this got, is my you got pick. I have Kansas. Neither of these teams deserve an explanation. Good. That's fair. Look, I, I like KU here. Oh, I was well. like, all right, that, I'll do a five minute one. <laughs> Fine with me. I, no, I, I like I like the Jayhawks. Uh, you know, getting Daniels back um, is going to be huge. Um, I, I feel like KU. I, this is a really, honestly, a toss, toss up. I think B Limit's team is better than they looked last week, but I think the Jayhawks uh, just have have a bit more of an edge. I think they squeak this one out. It's going to be a really really fun game, though, uh, to say the least. Like. Yep, I'm going Jayhawks. Jalen Daniels back. I think Kansas fans are actually excited for football once in their lifetime. And Jason Bean, he took over. When we all mentioned last week that Jason Bean was getting in the game, I was honestly stunned. I did not think that. I honestly was looking, where did he transfer to? Because there's no way this guy is like still like has eligibility left at Kansas. Like he had to be in some sort of grad transfer somewhere else. But wow, like he he did his thing. Glad that Jason Bean got a little showtime. Uh, yeah, Illinois looked bad last week. Like Toledo is by far the best MAC team, but MAC teams like like now after NIL, after the transfer portal rules, like they can't retain talent to save their lives. So you should be blowing out these teams. That is a little concerning. Luke Altmaier, he looked decent, but not great. Uh, like with his legs, it's just they don't have that run game. It just doesn't seem like they have that solid run game that they had last year uh, that they were relying on. So I think I'm going to go Kansas. I think I just, there's so much more dynamic. There's so much more dynamic on offense. I think Illinois is probably a little bit better on defense, but once again, it's just a, these Big Ten West defenses don't see the same type of speed in their conference like they will against like a Big 12 team. Yeah, Kansas actually covered. It ended up being like one of those last second lines where you don't get released until like Friday because it's a bad team. And it was 27 whenever it opened. opened. So they covered. Good for them. With Jason Bean as their quarterback. Obviously, longtime supporter of Jason Bean and everything that he does, but he has his deficiencies. <laughs> He's not the same quarterback as Jalen Daniels. And Jalen Daniels, it's already yeah, signed, sealed, delivered. He's starting on Friday. This comp- That completely changes this team's outlook. You know, Jason Bean, it's Illinois. Um, with Jalen Daniels, it's Kansas, no question. And we're moving on. It's minus three, and you can't toy around with Toledo and have me convinced that you're going to um, do well going into Lawrence versus Jalen Daniels, who is the preseason all-Big 12 first-team quarterback. Yeah, I like it. Uh, let's move on to our next game. We've got future big 12 after dark here the oklahoma state cowboys heading to uh the home of uh, one mr ty lee and taking on the arizona okay you pointed at me the that arizona state sun true. devils that is not true i do not live in tempe that is a only bums live in tempe <laughs> <laughs> the valley 
you, you, okay, the valley that Ty is also in right now, the Valley of the Sun. Um, Oklahoma State, a tree fitty favorite here, minus three and a half. Uh, this one kicking off at 9.30 Central on FS1 on Saturday night. Um, Jameson, that, that, that's a tough one for you. Uh, probably not watching that one, I'm guessing. No, 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 no. I have to prepare. I start on nights on Sunday. I'm going to be up late into the night. I, I, need, to, I need to get my uh, circadian rhythms on track. There you go. Who do you like in this game? Oh, I'm going to go Arizona State here at plus three and a half. <laughs> what can you tell me from Oklahoma State's game last week that gives me any confidence in this team? I understand Arizona State has their, you know, deficiencies. Like, you know, Rashad at quarterback, having the freshman. Yes, obviously, they're going to have a lot of hiccups throughout this game. But Oklahoma State, my God. Like, you know, Rangel does not look good. He looks same thing as last year. Um, Alan Bowman, they probably should just stick with him. But Gundy doesn't want to give bowman any time to get comfortable within this offense and just goes like oh you know what i'll just try my son this is a disaster in oklahoma state i my whole preseason ranking of oklahoma state like i had them lower i wish i could put them out of my top 10 the way that i saw them i really do i think this could be a disaster of a season for them give me the points with arizona state at home versus an absolutely weird weird first game from oklahoma state Yeah, I'm going contrarian here. I think uh, I love me some Jaden Rashada, almost a TCU commit. I wish he would have come there, but they started out hot. And I know there was, I know it's not a sandstorm. I don't know. There's a specialty term for what happened at halftime. And that you don't know that. Wait, hold on. I'm sorry to interrupt you. You don't know the specialty term for a sandstorm? What it's is called it? A, it's called a haboob. Haboob. And that's what it is. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, that is like, how do, uh, you of all people, I feel like you would love the term haboob. Haboob. I like There's that. A haboob, yeah. <laughs> but even like with that delay, 24-21, that's a little scary. That is scary to me. I just don't think this Arizona State team wasn't very loaded going into this game. I think OSU has a little bit more talent. I don't think Arizona State has a home field advantage to save their life. So I think this is practically being paid, played on a neutral field. And I think Gundy's probably a little bit better coach right now. They just got to figure out the quarterback situation. They got to choose a guy and just run with them. You can't be switching out two, three quarterbacks, especially last week, like against a Central Arkansas team. You need one of those guys to go out there, get some rhythm, like be your guy. Just go with Bowman. Just go with Bowman. He's the one that's actually shown he can play a decent ball, whereas Gundy, Wrangle, I just don't think, like we saw the end of last year, they were both kind of terrible. So give me um, OSU. This one's st- this this going to be a stinker. This one's going to suck to watch. Yeah, it's, it's going to be, be a bad, bad game. It's going to be bad, bad, bad. And you're going to hate yourself when you lose because it's going to be – you're going to lose on something funky. But I'll take the pokes. This is a dirty, dirty, gross game. Both of these teams looked awful week one. Um, but you know what? In a situation like this where I think both are horrible, I'm going to take the situation that one gives me the points and two has me avoiding that nasty, nasty half point hook there. Uh, Three and a half. Just you're just begging, just begging to get uh, like Oklahoma State winning by a game winning field goal here. Um, So I'm going to go with Kenny Dillingham and the Arizona State Sun Devils, not because I like Arizona State. I'm 
I, I'm pretty out on them. I think overall as a program, they'll get it together. But I I think both of these teams just total disaster. So I'm going to take the team that is actually giving me points rather than taking them. Um, OSU, I mean, here's the thing. Y'all keep talking about Alan Bowman. Apparently he looked the worst of the three uh, against Central Arkansas last weekend. So that, if, I mean, that tells you everything. You barely know. gave him any time, really. Like he was, how many drives did he actually have? But like, that's what I'm saying is if you're not giving him time when the other options are Garrett Wrangle and Gunnar Gundy, what, what is, <laughs> what is going on in Stillwater? This, this team is trash. I've been out on him a while. I, I think I, I'm not, there's no way in hell, no way in hell you're getting me to uh, support them uh, over a home dog who equally bad, but a little bit I don't need probably not even feisty. This is just a disaster. Give me, give me the devil's fork up or forks up or whatever it is. I can't remember what they do. It's something like that. Ty, what do you got? Yeah, it's, it's forks. It's forks up. Um, Look, it, it, both of these teams, not good. I think this is a blooming future rivalry within the big 12. I, there's Arizona state is so much larger, so it's almost incomparable, but there's just such a, a general atmosphere about the the students and the fans that is vaguely similar to Oklahoma State, which sounds really weird because Oklahoma State is is Oklahoma's sort of more country school, and Arizona State is mostly kids from California that have a GPA below three coming out of high school. So it's kind of weird to compare, but Let's say there's just a similar nice vibe. Yeah, that, yeah. That, you're 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 probably overrating the Arizona State folk here a little bit. This is true. I very famously, and this is a completely true story, was accepted to Arizona State before I even finished the application, uh, which is, I don't even know how it's possible, but uh, it, that did have your name right. And that impressed him. Yeah, basically. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I'm going to be honest. I, I think everyone would expect me to take ASU in this one. I expect myself to take ASU in this one. I think I might go to this one just as an ultimate hater. I, I'm really considering going just in full OU gear and just kind of cheering against everyone, but I guess mostly Oklahoma state. It's not like, it's not a really a great atmosphere. Yeah. I don't think there's any sort of home field advantage outside of some sort of unique weather event. It'll be nighttime. It'll be on paper hot, but it won't actually be hot. It's hard to explain being one Oh five, like at nighttime and not being that bad, but it just is. I don't think, like, barring any sandstorm, you got to remember this Arizona State team put up a stinker against Southern Utah, which isn't even, like, the third best team in Utah, which isn't even a football state. So I just don't – I like the Cowboys in this one. I Three and a half, like Bobby said, the hook does kind of worry me, the home field advantage. You know, does it exist? Does it not exist? Uh, Oklahoma State at least has to travel to – probably the biggest city any of them have seen in their lives, unless I guess they're a Texas recruit, but yeah, I hate this. Give me the Cowboys. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Moving on to our next game. We've got the 13th ranked Oregon ducks. One and zero, both against the spread and normal alpha, a just absolute beatdown of Portland state traveling to Lubbock weird game. They're playing the Texas tech red Raiders. Oh, and one, uh, fresh off a shock in Laramie, Wyoming. The Ducks, despite that upset, only favored by six and a half out on the uh, West Texas Plains. Um, this one, 
going down at 6 p.m. Central on Fox. Ty, kick us off here. What do you think? We all know you're a big fan of your Ducks. And uh, look, I, I believe I believe the uh, the quote from the chat earlier was, Oregon's only six and a half. Ha, 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 ha. So I think yeah. we know where you're going to go with this. I, I do not. Once again, I maybe just Ty doesn't know ball situation. We're all under 500 right now. It you know it is the start of the season, so we will clean it up. I, I assure you. But probably a lot of our viewers maybe are doing better at picking games than we are at this point. Maybe someone can point it out to me. But I truly do not understand how a team who just lost to Wyoming, without the quarterback who's at Buffalo now, is a a six and a half point dog to an Oregon team that hasn't played nobody yet, but they at least put up 81 points as a very impressive quarter. Let's talk about the quarterbacks in the Pac-12 this year. My goodness. Oregon, I think, is going to be a fun team to watch. I think the Pac-12 is just, they're trending this year. We've talked about it so much to be so competitive in terms of just internally. Are they? I don't think they're going to do great in the bowl season, but I think they're going to be internally very competitive. And there's so many just electric quarterbacks to watch. I think Bo Nix goes and puts on a performance in uh, Amarillo or wherever, wherever it is that Texas Tech is located, <laughs> I think the Ducks get this one. I Once again, I truly don't understand how this is 6.5. Tremendous, like, Ty eats his words potential here. But, I, yeah, I love the Ducks at 6.5. I, I do not understand how it's not 17, I think, is what I would put it at. And here's my thing. I, I don't hate the notion of Texas Tech having a rebound performance after a really bad performance against wyoming you know they've had they've clearly had this game circled for a long time um you know tyler shuck uh ex-oregon quarterback the the storylines are all there and but but here's the thing it's six and a half points how in the world am i not going to take oregon minus six and a half here they are absolutely way more talented than texas tech and if they show up with intention and expect to like really try to win this game and really go all out then yeah, they're going to cover six and a half. Um, they're more talented than Tech. Tech got exposed a little bit, a lot of it, uh, as frauds against Wyoming. And I, I think this one, I think we're going to be sweating out the six and a half a little bit more than we think we will. But I cannot, cannot leave Oregon minus six and a half on the table here. It's too good. Um, so give me the Ducks minus six and a half here. I think Tech will make it interesting. I don't think this is going to be a blowout or anything. But um I mean, come on. That is just such a great line. So, Oregon, six and a half here. Uh, I hate that I'm doing this. I hate that I'm doing this, but I feel like y'all are just little suckers that just watch one week's game and just oh start my. making wide-sweeping accusations about a team. I'm taking tech. I'm back at the game. No gang. way. I, oh I think it's God. a little... I love these overreaction lines. Like, I love the fact that this game would have been a lot closer had it not been last week. In the public, the casuals are going to be slamming that six and a half. They're going to see that billboard that's out in New York City with Bo, he- uh, Bo Nix for Heisman. They're going to see the hype around Oregon, and they're going to see that Texas Tech, they, they weren't watching that game. They were not watching that game. They're going to see that they lost Wyoming. A Wyoming team, which I said is pretty good. They're my they're my pick to win the Mountain West this year. That's who I have my future on. That's who I backed. I think they're a decent team that plays tough at home. I just think like the run game is going to get a little bit better. It has to. It has to. Tyler Shuck, 
not a very good quarterback, but Tech fans have like one game a year where they will buy tons of tickets and actually show up for a home game, and it's going to be this one. I just, this has just like overreaction all over it. I'm getting weird feelings that it's like the funniest Tech outcome possible is you lose to Wyoming and then beat Oregon. I just ha- I have a bad I have a bad feeling about this that Cactus Gang is going to get rejuvenated. I don't want this to happen. Like I don't want this pick to hit, but it's just like when Vegas is giving me these opportunities where I know the casuals are juicing the line on the other side. I'm going to be grabbing. I'm going to be grabbing that sharp take. So give me Texas Tech plus the six and a half. And I Man. I feel like Joey McGuire is kind of like one of those like. He sleeps whenever it's a normal game, but for big games, he gets up for it. So I, I, I see where you're coming from. He's like a less toxic, like Tom Herman in that sense. It's like Tech, it, <laughs> when Tech gets that talent, they're going to lose so many dumb games. It's going to be the funniest thing known to man, but like he is a good motivator. Like that's the one thing he is. He's a high school coach at heart. Like that's what he knows what to do is like just get people riled up. It's hard to get people riled up when you're 14 point favorites against Wyoming, but Oregon comes into town, that West Coast elitist type vibe coming into Lubbock, Texas. I don't know. I don't know. I just feel it looks so easy to choose Oregon that I think you should be a little scared. Yeah, um, I thought about that same thing, Blake, but whenever you pick Texas Tech, that is just solidified that I'm picking Oregon. There's just no doubt about that in my brain. I'm not not changing my pick because of that. I was still going to pick Oregon, but I feel even more confident now that you are going with your Cactus Gang enemies, picking them on the weekend spread, and you're going to be an island boy, and you're going to hate it, unless Bobby wants to mulligan. No, I'm not mulliganing. Okay, I'm not mulliganing. You're going to be an island boy, and Cactus you're going to have to cheer for Texas Tech this game, and it's going to be a miserable watch. I think Texas Tech, yeah, I really do think that they're being a little bit undervalued. But I just think I want to overvalue Oregon a little bit more here because they just have so much talent on that roster that is just going to be so hard for Texas Tech and what they have there in, in their room to keep up with. Like, Bo Nix has been there and done that, and he's gone around town. Like, he's played big games on the road he can go out and make big time plays because he's got really good wide receivers too. Troy Franklin's an absolute beast. He's a beast last year. He's a beast this year. And then Gary Bryant transferred from USC. He's got so much talent, like near five-star kind of guy. Um, he did great as well. And like, they've got Dante Manning, you know, on, on, on the cornerback and uh, on defense. He's really, really good. Jordan Birch, South Carolina transfer. So, so much talent on this Oregon team. I just don't see how Texas Tech can keep up. I mean, yeah, that that's fair. I, I will say Bo Nix playing in a uh, a state that has a billboard of him, you know, in, in Dallas, as uh, Whitman mentioned, Bo Nix and his detached arm. If you uh, Blake, have you seen the Bo Nix billboard? I have not Dallas? yet. I have not. I want to because I want to see what a hilarious setup. There's plenty of buildings they could have done that on, but they chose ones that are like across the street and at angles of one another. So you have to like really line it up from a long ways away for it to be like one, like one full photo. <laughs> I feel like that that area always has weird billboards. I remember being at an OU Texas one year staying at the Sheridan and they had like a Missouri billboard up. And I really didn't understand why like university of Missouri. Like, why are you trying to get brand exposure during OU Texas? Anyways. Do you, do you guys know, like, I, I guess I haven't seen it that much. I'm with being busy. Like what the origin of that Bo Nix, like who put it there and for what purpose? 
I don't probably, know why it's I don't know why it's in Dallas, but I they, know is it like just people think they're just oh they're playing Texas Tech and they're just being stupid. I, it's weird. So the billboard thing with Oregon quarterbacks and like kind of Heisman campaigns goes back to um oh I Joy I think Joey Harrington uh had a, had a had a uh, Times Square ad. I think I'm getting that name right. And that's right. Kind of. Yeah. And it kind of generated some buzz. So they've, they've done, they've done it with Mariota. I don't know why Dallas Dennis Dixon really weird. I don't maybe Dennis Dixon. I, I, I can't think that I wouldn't say I can't think that far back. I just mentioned Joey Harrington, but yes. um, yeah, no, I, I it definitely started with Harrington though. It's okay. All right. Yeah. It's just, but, a thing. I just, I was like, does someone just thinking like, Oh, they're playing Texas tech. I'm going to put it in Texas. Like, now, I bet they're they're trying to target their target audience because we have all the West Coast yeah. people moving to our city, raising ah. our raising God, he stole our my bit. prices. He stole my bit. Maybe maybe a... it's good if we lost a tie bit after the forty five. I was like, mark. oh, there. Why I was gonna have a whole bit on though they have billboards in Dallas, like lead you all down this whole like thing, and then end it with, well, why are they trying to advertise to Californians? but yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like it's like bucky's but uh with random oregon quarterbacks you just you, you see random billboards all across the country anyways let's move on to another game between a pac-12 power and a very 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 disappointing uh, big 12 team from the state of texas we have the utah utes fresh off of a pretty big win against the florida gators last week ranked 12th in the country 1-0 on the road heading to Waco to take on Baylor, who is 0-1, fresh off of a massive loss to Boco, the Bobcat, Texas State. Astonishing. Boco is not... It's hard to say Boco is back because they've never been at this level before. They've never uh, been gone. They've never been gone. <laughs> uh, sure. Uh, Utah, favored by 7.5 here this game, 11 a.m. Central on ESPN. Jameson, you kick this one off, and I don't know if you want to mention your scorned lovers, the uh, Texas State Bobcats or not, but you, if you want to go on that rant, you can take it. You you can go on it. No, no, let's let's not do that for for the. We don't need to do that for my mental health. But uh, let's. I, I've been struggling with this one. I think Shapin honestly being out might help Baylor a little bit here because Shapin just hasn't looked good, and him with that like bum knee all of last game for sex state was not helping them in the fourth quarter at all he was just hobbling around it was absolutely miserable i want to see what happens with baylor now with shaping out at home versus utah with like a wake-up check um from texas state with the l week one with seven and a half points see how they do there it's just Dave Aranda and his defense just doesn't make sense like we know as this guy goes out and he really puts out good defensive scheme i it, that was not it last week. I, I just got to believe that he's going to do something to fix that and keep this game closer. I think Utah wins, but does not cover. Yep. I'm going with Jameson. I just, the performance last week, I can't believe like, there's no way it can be real because if it is, and Baylor continues to play like that the entire season, they'll win like one or two games. Like it would be, a historically like one of the worst like i know baylor wasn't projected to be some like world beater but they were projected to win at least seven maybe eight games their corners were bad the offensive line was 
horrendous. It was like, couldn't protect the pass, couldn't protect the run. Like, Richard Reese is one of the best players in the Big 12. Like, he was the probably the best running back uh, when it came to, like, the uh, like Big 12 all preseason stuff. And he only had 14 yards. Like, it was a weird... It The game makes no sense in my mind. It's like, I knew the defensive line and the offensive lines were kind of the weak points of Baylor. But, like, so bad that Texas State is pushing you around, not being able to get, like, any run going, it just doesn't make any sense. I agree with Jameson. It was weird that, like, you could tell Blake Shapin was just hobbling around that field. And, like, I think Blake Shapin's good, but, like, Sawyer Robinson, the guy behind him, he was a four-star guy out of Lubbock and then went to Mississippi State. Like, he's not... He's not a scrub. It's like at least try him out because Blake Shapin wasn't doing anything back there. I I just like I think for like a sanity check, it's like Baylor has to improve somehow. Just because I think Aranda's a good coach. I think they have decent talent. I don't think they're like best in the Big Twelve, but I just can't. It was the funkiest. It was one of the funkiest games I've ever watched. And like whenever Texas State got out early, I immediately flipped it on. And it was just like every time Baylor would score, Texas State would just like throw haymakers at him. They were just like TJ Finley was throwing some nice deep balls. And like it just wasn't making sense. It wasn't like Texas State came out hot and was just barely holding on to the lead. Like they were just throwing haymakers back at him. So it's like for sanity reasons, I'm choosing Baylor just to like just to stabilize my thoughts about this team, they can't be that bad. They can't. But yeah, I I'm going to this game actually. So I found out today. I I I really wanted to go to this game before the season. Now it takes out a little bit of the luster, maybe that Baylor is like fighting for their season. But Utah's a good program, like we saw against Florida. But I'm so sick of those Utah guys after this offseason. Them in the pig bus constantly <laughs> crashing us, calling us the truck stop conference. I knew I had this one circled because I need to be there because I need to see some of these fans cry. I hate Utah. I hate the fact that we let them into the Big 12. So as a shield man myself and an OG. G shield we're gonna start some there's definitely gonna be some like you weren't an original shield like shield guy whenever the shield branding started Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> first off blake no you the weren't old, original shield guy no either. whenever so, they did yeah, the wait, nice, hold on now no whenever they did the nice <laughs> oh, chris on. new logo with the slight <laughs> dip in the middle the new logo was more like together the old ones. it that is worse was, than the original <laughs> No, that that was the start of the shield. That is that was the official branding, the launching of the shield. That is its origin. Uh, so yeah, Utah is not grateful. I don't want non-grateful teams in there. I love Arizona now because they actually wanted to come. I love Colorado now because they wanted to come, even though they beat my team. F Arizona State, F Utah. Those they do not deserve to be in this conference. They do not you deserve just, to be repping that patch on their on their jerseys you, and on the back of their okay. helmets. At least, you at just least moved, Blake. You just moved from L.A. to Fort Worth, and now you're complaining about the traffic. That's what's going on here. Nope. I. Okay. You gotta be grateful for what we are offering you, and they are not grateful. So they're we? kind of good to me. We, yes, as the shield, we stand united and strong like we have the last few the few years, even after some two schools tried to shake our foundation and get us destroyed. We standed we stood together and came back stronger. So Okay. This is really funny. Okay, I'm I'm with you though. 
screw you, Tot, the pig bus, all of them. They're they they have a really annoying fan base, man. I, I will really anno- like underrated, really annoying. And I just don't think because they have no fans of the Pac-12 to interact with, they've just kind of been in like an echo chamber, <laughs> bottled it up for, like yeah. the last like years. But then finally, whenever they like got mentioned the fact that they could be joining the Big 12, then they finally had fans to actually go after. And so I I'm done with them. I am done with them. I'll take like they're worse than Cactus Gang. Like Cactus Gang, at least there's a few rational oh, ones on their him. side. And they're happy, and they're happy to be in the Big 12, too. Yes, they're happy to be there. Yeah, they are happy. They're happy to be a part of the Shield. <laughs> we at least have that common Crouch. understanding. Yeah. Us and Utah don't even have that common understanding to start this. So Utah, Utah would jump to the Big Ten in a heartbeat. And they think they, they yes. think they can. Uh, and they won't. They can't. Like they're not no, a big enough can. brand. No. They're not a big enough not. brand. They were in the Mountain West growing up. Like Hey, are, don't yeah. say anything bad about the Mountain West. There's nothing wrong with coming from the Mountain West, okay? Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Solid, All right, let's, some solid teams have come from there. Let's let's keep moving on to the game. I'm sorry to our, our, our viewers. Uh, but you know what, guys? I'm vibing with the uh, Baylor plus seven and a half here because here's the thing. I've uh, if, there's my, if there's one big takeaway from week one of college football, it's that teams that do these full resets with the portal, total wild cards. Uh, Texas, uh, obviously Colorado got a lot of shine for that. You know, they flipped their roster enormously, but JG Kenny and Texas state did the exact same thing, albeit on a smaller scale. And they looked insane. That is, that is a really hard team, a really hard situation to practice film for because you can't really watch anything. Um, I mean, Baylor probably wasn't watching incarnate word highlights or like, uh, and clearly they weren't watching Texas state highlights. So that that's a hard <laughs> thing to prep for. So I'm going to chalk that up as a bit of a mulligan for Baylor. I, they obviously looked incredibly poor, but if there's anything I know about David Randa, it's that he takes failure to heart and bounces back. And I, I think, I think Baylor has a really resolute, strong performance here. I don't think they win, but I think they keep it close enough to get the cover. Uh, Utah obviously riding in high after that Florida win. I could see him overlooking the Bears a little bit. Um, so yeah, give me give me Baylor to keep this thing close and get the cover, um, which sounds nuts given what both of these schools did last week. But I don't know. It, it just feels like like y'all like kind of like y'all were saying like everything kind of comes back to the middle a bit. Um, so yeah, Baylor plus seven and a half. Ty. Yeah, Bobby mentioned something that I think perfectly describes this Baylor team. Dave Veranda takes failure to the heart. And one thing that we all know, of course, about anatomy is that if you have heart failure, because the heart is, you know, it's it's the core of your nervous system. Uh, if you have heart failure, you have a body failure uh, to death because your nervous system doesn't work. So his Baylor team is dead to me. But really, what happens is, is the heart part of the nervous system? I went to OU, I don't know. Um, This Baylor team is a fundamental, Dave Miranda builds fundamental football teams. And the issue that we're presented in this game is two just really fundamental football teams. Like, what what both of these teams are is Iowa State from a couple years ago, except for one is significantly better than Iowa State ever was. And one is just Iowa State in green. I like Utah. I think they bring a fundamental team. I think they're going to drop a couple games this year. They're going to lose upsets. I think they have high upset potential against teams like Oregon and USC within their conference. But I think they win this one. I think they win this one. I like it by 10. Not super exciting, but 
yeah, even if this Baylor team had been coming off of a good performance last week, I think realistically, I'm still thinking the same thing. Utah is just a more fundamental team. We saw them put a fundamental team out on the field, even without their starting quarterback, who, you know, a lot of people were saying, not just on this podcast, but a lot of people were saying this Utah team without that quarterback is not the same team. We saw that they were kind of the same team. I was right about them. I rode with them last week. I'm going to continue to ride with them. I think Baylor is a significantly easier opponent than the Florida Gators. Give me Utah minus seven and a half. Gotcha. And I, I, go ahead, Blake. You got it. Oh, no, you got it, Bobby. I don't really have anything to say. You go for it. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, we did not mention about Texas State last weekend. Uh GJ, God, I want to say like every other, like DJ, I want to say like every other name besides that. Uh, Coach Kenny, how about? Uh, Coach Kenny was wearing a Take Back Texas hat during the game, which is just the most hilarious visual for Texas State. It, it's just hilarious. When did they like, ever have it? <laughs> like they ever had Texas. Yeah, this it's is, hilarious. I love it, but I love it. Like, sell time runs through San Marcos. On my NBA 14 <laughs> dynasties, that's for sure. That, that is true. That is fair. All right. Let's move on to our next game. And is it a doozy? It's El Asico, folks. Iowa 1 0, 0 1 against the spread at Iowa State. The Hawkeyes 1 uh, 0. Uh, or sorry, the uh, Cyclones 1 0. Uh, Hawkeyes favored by four here. This game can be found uh 2 30 Central on Saturday on Fox. Um, Ty, kick us off here. What do you think? Yeah, Donald Trump in attendance for this game, I think is just, of all games, uh, I honestly, I would have expected Ole Miss versus Tulane maybe, but I don't know. Um, look, there's one thing that I love, and it is disrespecting at every available opportunity the Iowa State Hawkeyes who I don't even know what they bring to anyone or anything. Like it, they're just, what is it? Like if we took Nebraska, made them way worse in every way, including their branding, and then just left them in the Big 12 for no reason because the Big 10 doesn't want them. They should be in the Mountain West, but they don't got no mountains. They're, you know, they can't be in the ACC because I guess they're not good at basketball. They can't be in the SEC because even though the SEC will accept teams from the Midwest, like Missouri, um, you know, they're not in the Southeast. And they can't go to the pack because they don't have any mountains or academic standards whatsoever. They don't party. So it's like, there's just nothing, nothing that they <laughs> offer to anyone. So as much as I want to fade Iowa in this game, because Iowa is just Iowa state in different colors. Um, I have to fade Iowa state. Give me the Hawkeyes. Ty said all those things that could have insulted Iowa state fans so much, but I think the one that's going to hurt them the most is they don't party. That that's the one that Cyclone Larry's going to come they back. Don't. They do not. Yeah. Uh, they okay. I will say Iowa State has some of the best tailgating I've I've seen. Uh, tailgates aren't parties. They're like a pregame before the actual event. They it's a okay. party. It's a party. It's a party. They they. I, I think Iowa State. Their fans are fun. They are nice. I did get into a thirty minute conversation with one of them once about 
specifically this rivalry actually where they said that uh yeah the hawkeye people you know they're more about corporate farms and they don't care about small family farms like the iowa state ones do and i i i got a whole download of the uh, farm dynamics within this rivalry and let me tell you it's intense uh, so let me let me ask you real quick though bobby my my overarching take was that they're just Nebraska, but shittier in every way. Does Iowa State farm better than Nebraska? I don't think so. Mm, no. Are they are they nicer? I, are they nicer? They, they actually think I actually think fans? they are nicer. I actually think they are nicer. They did so much oh. ass kicking. This was the year 2018. Uh, so right after they it was the year after kicking they beat us, kissing? but kissing, kissing. Uh, they did so much talk to me about how they were rooting for us against Georgia in the Rose Bowl. And, you know, boy, we were really hoping the Big 12, you know, you know, mm. got a big playoff win and it's genuinely nice. Uh, so I, I will say shout out to Iowa State. They are nice. Uh, just not on Twitter. They get a little mad on Twitter. Shout out Cyclone Larry, but not also, but also not, uh, but also maybe a little bit. Anyways, uh, Iowa minus four is the play here. I, I, I still think the general public hasn't adapted to how ass Iowa State is and how much of a disaster their situation is uh, with the gambling scandal. Uh, the real bet <laughs> is the under. The real bet's the under because Iowa State isn't going to do much and Brian Ferentz, you know, also isn't going to do much. Look, the players themselves know to bet the under in this game. Bet the under in this game. <laughs> but for the purpose of the weekend spread, Iowa minus four is my pick. Yeah, I'm going with Iowa as well. And if Iowa State wants to win me over, I would change my pick. They could do the funniest thing ever. You know which picture it is. It's the oh no, it's just <laughs> no. It's the it's the. I will describe it to the podcast listeners. The criminally charged, and they put Hunter Deckers next to Donald Trump. So they could do the funniest thing ever this weekend. That in the box, Hunter Deckers is hanging out with Donald Trump. I would love it. I would switch my pick at that point. I would immediately use my one time a year, uh, one time a year to switch. I would immediately do it to Iowa State. But yeah, Iowa, Iowa has uh, Bobby. You can't mulligan mid game. If I see before the game, if it's before the game, a minute before, I'm gonna come rushing in saying, "I want it, I want it." Like, okay. God, the no, okay, we gotta do it. Like, we will make, we will make, we will the podcast. We will make a one-time exception where if Hunter yes. Deckers is photographed with Donald Trump. You can okay. change your pick. We will My make pick automatically pick switches. It just automatically flips. You don't even get a say. It will flip wait. if those two are together. Wait, it's like a Super Bowl prop. We're I know exactly. No, we're we're cementing this as a rule right now. This is what separates us from other podcasts. <laughs> we now have a Trump Mulligan rule where if a player <laughs> from your team who is currently suspended, is photographed with Donald Trump during game week, you get unlimited mulligans on that game. That yep. is the rule. There's yep. no way yes. that this ever occurs again. It must be uh, an all-time rule. It's not one-off, all-time rule. It's like the drop kick or whatever it's called. They have it's to not only be they have to not only be suspended, but under criminal investigation. Investigation, <laughs> yes. You have to and all, <laughs> and be photographed mm. with him. This could be a powerful weapon for Colorado games. The- <laughs> 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 oh my god! Oh, All right, uh, James. Uh, no, it's, wait, no, no wait, we sorry, gotta, Mike, sorry, Mike. but we gotta bring attention to this to the masses because I know we have some diehards, <laughs> we have some casuals that listen. 
Ryan Ferentz, in his contract this year, he has to score 25 points a game by the end of the year in order for his contract to not get deleted and him get fired. He, like, you're supposed to run it up against your easy opponents. Utah State last week, 24 points. Not looking good. Not looking good. They need to start running it up. You need to get to 25 to keep your job. And that includes defensive touchdowns. That includes defensive touchdowns. So you kind of need the Iowa fluky defensive touchdown to keep them in this. But he has to light the fire this week if he wants to make up some ground. Because you should have put at least about 40 on Utah State to keep your job. And Sicko's committee does have that just delightful graphic of him going up the, the 25 points per game mountain, um, like, <laughs> like Price is right, with the little yodeling. It's wonderful. Check up, check that out. This needs to happen more for more coaches. Like Alex Grinch, like, you gotta allow less than 42 points a game, like, to keep your job. Like, it's so much more entertaining when it's publicized the threshold that you have to have to, like, keep your job. It makes it so much to go, because, like, if they go under it by one point, you're probably still a little mad, but at least you can laugh it off. Like, we need this. We need this more. I need this. You get every coach once in their career should be allowed this redemption clause where a number gets set and you can keep your job at your current place if you can get it under. I need that to be a permanent rule. It's like in CA 14 where, you know, you have your career goals, you know, that that sort of deal. But uh, I need it. I need it. It's so much more entertaining when it's this way. (laughs) I'm actually glued to Iowa games to figure out, like, I'll go and check a score. I might not watch it, but I'll actually go check a score specifically for Iowa after the game just to see See how how Brian's doing. I do like it it would never occur with Iowa, but I I like the thought that he would somehow, like, meet the average and then just be able to mail it in, like, the last three games. <laughs> just that would have been a, a very impressive season if he could mail it in after that. Like, honestly, that would be stunning for Iowa. I I want it to be like the like clips from the NBA, like the we want pizza. Like it's absolutely yes! <laughs> in the final game, and he has to score the touchdown. Like it's like it all comes down to one drive at but home, which... and all the Iowa fans are going nuts. <laughs> but who are these <laughs> Iowa fans that want Brian Ferentz to stay on? No, but it would be hilarious if they scored Actively a touchdown making noise. and they booed and they just booed the, like their own team. <laughs> they, no. they start making noise when Iowa's <laughs> offense is on the field yeah, just to try to. <laughs> <laughs> They're throwing everything, like everything in the kitchen sink at them just so he can't get to the goal. I want to see that so bad. The, the funniest pizza clip. The funniest thing that could happen is that Brian hits this mark and Kirk Ferentz is like, you know what, Brian, I'm so proud of you. I'm retiring. You're head coach now, Brian. Take over, man. <laughs> it's your time to shine. <laughs> and I was third head coach in like 80 years. Good luck, buddy. Uh, okay. I'm sorry, Jameson. You, I'm sure you've just been so ready to pick this game. Uh, who do you got? It's Iowa. It's just fading Iowa State, like I said, from the beginning of the season. Um, they scored 14 points in the first quarter. Hey, I understand that they only scored 10 for the rest of the game. 14 points in the first quarter. Cade McNamara. Uh, I'm just, it's really not about Iowa here. It's about Iowa State. Yeah. I mean, I think that last sentence really, despite the fact we probably spent like 15 minutes talking about this game, you summed it up. It's about Iowa, not Iowa State. 100% right. And it's funny that we talked about that for this long because we have an absolute banger of a game coming up next. It's the number 11th. T- ranked Texas Longhorns 1 and 0 
0-1 against the spread, going to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, the third-ranked Crimson Tide, uh, who are you know 1-0, and that's how he knows, 1-0 against the spread. Bama favored by 7.5 here this game, kicking off at 6 p.m. Central on ESPN. Jameson, I want to know your thoughts here. Massive, massive game. Arguably one of the biggest games of the season. Do you think Texas can make this game interesting and either push the tide for, you know, covering the spread or take the win? Yeah, I said that I think Texas can keep this game competitive with Alabama. Um, Then week one gave me some shivers. Uh, Texas did not look good. Was it a look ahead? Probably. I think that they'll come out really enthusiastic for this game. And people are really hyping up Jalen Milrow a lot for Alabama. Let's see if he can come out on this stage and perform the way that he did because, you know, yeah, he can play really good versus Middle Tennessee and everyone can talk about, oh, he had five touchdowns, two on the ground, three like through the air. That's what you're supposed to do versus teams like Middle Tennessee State. So let's pump the brakes on, you know, oh, Jalen Milrow is now in my Heisman conversation. I, 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 I don't understand that conversation at all. I understand talk show on ESPN will have these talks because they don't really have much to talk about after week one in college football. This is where you learn. I think Texas has solidified talent that we know is there on the offensive side of the ball that should be able to keep it in, keep them in the game. While Alabama has a lot of guys that need to go out and prove themselves like Milrow. And I understand Jace McCullen has been there, but you know, like he's been in and out of the lineup with injury. So give me Texas to cover at plus seven and a half to keep this close, but not get the win. I'll echo Ty sentiment ball, not nowhere. Jameson. I think, I think this is all Alabama. And first let's go into the home crowd. Bama (laughs) doesn't get many good games at home because they're typically so highly favored. They're, they're going to kill most of their schedule at home. They don't really get Georgia at home. They get some of like your LSUs and stuff. I I just this this has the feeling that Bama goes out, plays a classic Bama game, shoves them on defense, and just like runs the ball down their throat when it comes to the offense. They're not like I think they're more one dimensional with a Jalen Milrow versus a Bryce Young, but it could work out for the better. Uh, the offensive line is That's just like bold. I think I think I think their offensive or I just think their offensive line is just going to be like look. Jalen Milrow is limited passing. Push some guys around. We're running the ball, even on pass plays, when it comes to Milrow. Like, I think, I just think Bama shoves them around. And I just feel like Nick Saban, we've seen this time and time again. I know it hasn't happened because we had Kirby Smart and then we had Jimbo Fisher beat him. But he doesn't lose to his assistants very often. He doesn't. And I just feel like this Bama crowd is going to be really hyped for an actual good home game. One of the best of the year. I think, I know we had Florida State LSU, neutral site, site game, probably better in the ranking wise, like when you uh, do the numbers. But I just feel like brand wise, this is the game of the year. You're seeing the amount of people that are rolling out to this game, the amount of shows, nobody is skipping this. I just think this is a classic Bama. Like they just kind of push them around and they're not... Just Texas is not able to do what they want. I know the talent is there, and I think they're going to do big in the Big 12. They're still my Big 12 champion this year, but I just I have, I have, just have that sneaking suspicion that save, this is a classic just Saban is the GOAT because he's able to like take these teams that we hype up and just shove them 
And so I think I don't think Jalen Milrow is going to be like great. He's definitely not going to be Heisman, but I think this game's just perfectly suited for Alabama's hands. So their defense is still so good. Their defense is still so good, and Texas is not going to face anything like it. And I know the look ahead. I know that they didn't do too well, and I think Texas is going to come out and like look decent. But I just think Bama's just going to. It's all the factors just lean into their favor. So give me Bama. I think I think they come at the seven and a half. I, I I'm with you, Blake. I think this will definitely be a really good ball game, but to me, Alabama is at their most dangerous when they're tasting their own blood. And what happened last year where, you know, they looked like garbage against UT in Austin. Um, they lost a lot of close games. They just didn't look like Alabama and having so many people coming in predicting Texas outright. I feel like that's a motivating factor. Not only that, but they have tape from last year. They have something they could point at and be like, this is what they did against us. This is how they succeeded. And to me, uh, is there anything new from this Texas team that changes that the composition of that Alabama game last year? I don't think so. Even Bijan Robinson like had a horrible game rushing. Um, so it just, they seem very, to me, I, I feel like we got, to Alabama has tape of the best version of Texas they're going to get. They're going to be ready. It's going to be in Tuscaloosa. I just see Alabama winning this one and covering smoothly. Um, I think it'll be a, a solid game back and forth for a while. But to me, Alabama, too good, too focused. Think about last year, too. How many offsides, how many false starts did they have last season? Undisciplined, un, unsaving-like of them uh, last year. I think they clean that up and uh, really get a solid win against the Longhorns here um, and cover uh, seven and a half. Yeah. Blake, let me ask you something. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to set you up Blake. here. I just want to bounce some questions off you. It's going to set me up for my uh, take here, but you've long been an opponent of ESPN. Like I I think anyone who's ever listened to your segments at, at length knows that you're, anti-ESPN. Do you believe, you know, it could be a yes or no if you want to give a little short explanation, free to do so. Do you believe that potentially ESPN is able to pull strings that a media corporation should not be able to pull when it comes to the sport of college football? Oh, yes. Yes, they could change the yes. name. Yeah. We've seen over we've seen over the years. I I'm fallen in I'm I'm a man trained in the law. I'm a jurist doctor myself, and I'm falling into this cross line uh cross examination <laughs> line of questioning that Ty is giving me. I know what yes. I'm doing, but I, I truly no, but yeah. For for the listeners, Blake is my witness here. I, I put him up on the stand to use the, the legal um sort of analogy. So you know, knowing this, is there potential, Blake, Blake, in your expert opinion as a, a podcast host, is there potential that maybe this Texas team has been hyped up all year to build a resume point for this Alabama team of the SEC that we know ESPN is in cahoots with? Is it possible that this Texas team is just a sandcastle being built up for Alabama to kick? Oh, oh, absolutely. Or yes, absolutely. Like I think ESPN has every benefit to get Texas 
on top of the podium. They do it every single year. I feel like they stack the ratings. I feel like they stack their games. They always hype them up. We saw it last year with the TCU-Texas game being talked like it was like Texas was some some ungodly force going against. I think they had two losses at the time. They do this every year. They, they build them up. They build them up as like even when they lose, they still highlight every single strength never a weakness for texas i think yes they definitely build up <laughs> they definitely build up texas to the point where if you were to topple them it looks great but they will never mention it afterwards if you're a smaller school yes but like thank you no further questions and as this is a kangaroo court there will be no cross-examination of my witness i could not agree with the expert opinion more uh, texas if i'm espn who we all know controls college football as a shadow governor behind the veil of the NCAA, if Texas, Texas has been set up as this giant monster for, I don't know why this is up here. Yeah, Bobby, that was way out of context. That, no, know? that wasn't me. That wasn't me. Oh. I swear to God. <laughs> that was not me either. That was not me. Long time, long time supporter and viewer. Talk about the Longtime supporter and viewer Michael Whitman has also seen Texas being set up <laughs> as a fall guy. <laughs> um, at work, thank you, Michael, for corroborating uh, what we all know. Look, I think, I think Bama has. I'm longtime Bama supporter, obviously. Of course, I think yes. this Texas team. I, I think they will still be very dangerous within the Big Twelve. I've been higher on this Bama team than a lot of other people in the media have been. I think they are – they're my favorite for the national championship this year. I don't think that's influencing this decision, though. It, look, last week against Rice, against Rice, and I'm not trying to dog on Texas here. Anyone who listened to the who has listened to the podcast in years past knows I have no problem picking Texas. I'll jump on that Texas island when everyone's against me. I'll be the bad guy, the OU fan that picks Texas, that cheers for Texas in these games. Quinn Ewers was 0 for 7 in passes over 20 yards. If y'all have ever listened to any of my segments, you know I will never get on the train of a quarterback who can't throw the deep ball. If I'm a Texas fan, give me Arch Manning. He is ready. Put him in there. Quinn Ewers, he is Dak to me. He is 2022 because I'm on the Dylan Gabriel train for now. Dylan Gabriel. Ooh, it, he, is not, he is not who people think he is. If he's 0 for 7 on 20 plus yard passes against Rice, what it like just statistically that shouldn't be possible, right? Like statistically, you should at least get one. I, I don't ask me for the math to back that up. I'll have to do a whole, I'll have to set up a camp in New Mexico and get the greatest minds together and calculate that one out. But I, I look, I love Bam in this one. We've gone on for too long. Give me yeah. the tide. I think the tide wins the natty. Tide gets this one by. 18 so certainly give me 17 i thought ty you're gonna spend all your time on colorado um but it seems i Alabama. very graciously very graciously for the viewers yeah i saved some time for the he held it back. Hey, national <laughs> champion deserve the most time that was great that was an i'm gonna enjoy being an island boy for texas uh, yeah. it's gonna be gross but whatever <laughs> You didn't do the horns up, so I don't think you're on the train. Oh, shoot. Okay, I'm good. You got horns up. Give me one. Come on, Bobby. Can I get one? No, I didn't pick them. <laughs> no, Bobby, just well, put them up. How... No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'm, I will save that for later. 
Uh, Bobby, would, I, up, would I actually pick Texas? Yeah. Uh, you know, I love how we have two reluctant Island boys this week, but look, let's be honest. Nobody's going to watch this trash ass game because the Oklahoma Sooners are facing the SMU uh, Mustangs on ESPN plus everyone's going to be watching that. And nobody cares about Alabama, Texas uh, SMU one and one and against the spread um, against OU ranked 18th. Uh, also one and um, in real life and against the spread. Great performance against Arkansas State, a hapless um, Red Wolves team. And look, if you want a full, real, okay, okay, not a full in-depth look, but somewhat of an in-depth look at what happens, uh, what happened with uh, Arkansas State and what we think will happen with SMU, check out our podcast. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast feed, it's already up. If you listen on YouTube, video's already up. Check it out uh, after you finish the weekend spread. Uh, Sooners favored by 15 and a half here. This line has dipped from 17 when it, when it opened on Sunday. Uh, you can find this 5 p.m. Central on ESPN Plus, as mentioned. Ty, kick us off here. Who do you think uh, wins this game? And uh, what do you think about that spread? Blake, once again, I'm just setting you up to listen to this. It, in our podcast, when we broke down this game, Bobby asked me a question that ended up being about Peruna. Texas or SMU's live pony mascot that has killed before and will kill again <laughs> in self-defense if he is put in such situation in accordance with laws of whatever state he's in. But I thought it was a question about Tanner Mordecai. And as Bobby started to ask the question, I said, oh, this is a question very applicable to Blake because Blake has caught on to us. OU fans, Blake, a Baylor alum who is also a TCU fan somehow, has caught on to us. He knows that the OU system involves bringing in a bunch of backup quarterbacks who we indoctrinate as sleeper agents and then send to other places. Chandler Morris at TCU, his cover's been blown. Blake has found out about this. OU also had, for purposes to be revealed later, a sleeper agent at SMU, a compatriot of mine, Tanner Mordecai. Great guy. He has now left suspicious that he would leave SMU in the year that they play OU because he's a sleeper agent, right? And his he cannot play against us as he is on our team. Now at Wisconsin doing great things. I like the Sooners in this one because we, we, had, an, we had a sleeper agent established there to sabotage them. Also, SMU, possibly worst parties in the state of Texas, period. I've never been to a Texas state party, to be fair, but Sounds really I know I know that they are better than SMUs because everyone that goes to Texas State, much like Arizona State, has come from the state of California with a GPA less than three out of high school. So I know they know how to party. Give me the Sooners minus 15 and a half for sure. Yeah, Ty, I, I'm with you. Uh, look, I understand why this line's being bet down. Arkansas State as mentioned a billion times in our uh, recap podcast, not that impressive, but I think a lot of people still see that stink of, you know, six and seven, and they see that pretty solid SMU offense and they think that they can hang. And I think, I think this is going to be a legitimate, really good test for the OUD. Um, I think we will see SMU actually score points a couple times. Uh, but overall, I, I feel like this OU team is out on a mission to really prove something. And I think they are more than quality, more than more than capable of covering this uh, 
15 and a half point spread. Uh, I like the number at 17. I love it at 15 and a half. It's funky, but we're not even going to get close to this number. I don't think. Uh, so give me the Sooners to win, um, to cover this big time. I, I I'm all the way back in. I feel like defensively there there'll be more than enough to, to hamper SMU. Uh, and offensively, I think they're just, they're at a different level than they were last year. It looks right. Uh, yeah, give me the Sooners. Yeah, even if this was OU for, yeah, from last year, I'm taking OU. I, I I don't know which one I'd be more sad about, uh, TCU losing last week or SMU winning at OU, and that sounds crazy because I hate OU's guts while they're in the Big 12, but I, I can't stand these, like, six SMU fans out there that now think they're they think they're they're all that that they got that acc invite it was not an invite you decided you were basically showed up to this party and are paying them just to be there like you you showed up to a invite only party you don't have to bring anything and smu came over the top and be like i'll give you a million two million basically the opposite way because like the acc's paying everybody else they're not paying smu the weirdness of their kind of like celebration party to get into the ACC where the whole messaging was, we are the only school in the DFW area Metroplex that is in a top three conference coming into next year. Just like SMU, this is the perfect SMU storyline. It's never about what their team has done in the past. It's always about what situation they're in. It was before this, it was their facilities. It was that NIL that they're spending a lot of money, but they can never put it on the field. Preston Stone's not all that. Their defense isn't that great. They throw NIL bags at like TCU, like four string receivers to get them to transfer and call that a victory. Like, I don't like rooting for OU, but I'm going to be legitimately upset if OU loses this game. Like, very legitimately upset. I honestly will hate OU more now that they allowed this to happen just because there's this weird SMU contingent that like actually thinks they stand a chance in the future of football. Like, they hopped, like, their ship had sunken. They were on a dinghy. And like Ty said, uh, he texted this so beautifully, it's the Titanic. They bought a nice seat on the sinking Titanic just to then jump again, but they have nowhere to jump. So uh, I cannot take the fact that SMU could win this game. There is no doubt in my mind that OU is going to kill them. I love this line at 17. I think a whole bunch of casuals that Deion Sanders had brought in have come and just shot money at the, this SMU line. That's the only thing that makes sense because I think OU kills this team. The good thing about OU, especially against these bad teams, y'all have a good like ripcord backup plan that if like Dylan Gabriel comes out, puts y'all in a hole, throws two or three interceptions, Jackson Arnold looking looking like a stud. And so I'm not scared of SMU. Like I'm just I am not. I'm not. I'm tired of them. I I on their win total over because they played the softest conference besides OU out of the entire college football, I think. But yeah, I just think OU destroys them. I think they dismantle them. I think SMU does this all the time. They go up against good teams that actually have good talent and they just can't do anything. Even my man Sonny Dykes, I love Sonny Dykes, never could do it at SMU. This Rhett Lashley guy, such a 
cocky prick. Who cares about him? He hasn't won anywhere he's gone. He was at the Miami explosion that happened, and yet he acts like he's hot stuff. Hasn't won a single thing in his life, but yet, or that's kind of SMU, hasn't done anything in their life, but they still receive all the praise and all the glories that come uh, with college football. So I don't get it. Give me OU. They're going to kill them. They're going to absolutely dismantle them. I wish I could take this as my wild card again because I feel that confident about it. Here's the thing with this game, and we I'm kind of being repetitive from the last podcast, but OU, I feel like, should be able to score every single drive and not have a problem with it. The way their offense looked, it just seems like that's the case. Amen. And with this SMU's defense, SMU's <laughs> offense is going to go out and, and score. Like, you kind of downplayed Preston Stone a little bit. He's very talented. He's a very talented No, he isn't. A bum. <laughs> He's just like all the other SMU quarterbacks. <laughs> Pipe him up. Tanner Mordecai, Shane Buchel. I've heard this hey, hey, five hey, billion hey. times. Shane Buchel is hey, an NFL quarterback. Hey. Tanner Mordecai played pretty decent Calm last down. year. Calm. Hey, hey that's, you're talking about a, a power two quarterback right there, Blake. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. we got to respect the power two. Yeah, but but what's what's real is they actually have a really good running back room too. LJ Johnson from Texas A&M, Jalen Knighton, also really good running back that once OU commit. And you know, I also know that Blake shoot shade towards Jordan Hudson, but he's also very talented. Um, he didn't get his time at Jordan TCU. Hudson couldn't even crack our wide receiver room. This you had year. good wide receiver. <laughs> you had a good wide receiver room last year. Both both last year and this year, and still couldn't crack it. Yet you think this bum is gonna be a difference maker this year? Come on, Jameson. Come I'm on. He's talented. He's good. He's got good tape. You know they're gonna put up points. SMU is gonna put up points. It's it's and there's gonna be some head scratching moments for OU's defense where we're gonna worry. But there's gonna be enough good moments from OU's defense that they're gonna cover this spread. Um, really, the biggest thing is we talked all off season that this safety group is the best group on the field, and SMU is gonna try to stretch the field, get deep balls, and try to make big plays. We need to turn over Preston Stone. I need to see the safeties get an interception. I need to see um, Reggie Pearson come up, make the big hits that he's been promising this week and that he showed us last weekend. Um, my prediction is we're going to probably see SMU score in the 20s, but Preston Stone gets a um, gets a pick six by one of our safeties, probably Billy Bowman for a pick six. I'm going to knock on wood here. You know what the worst case scenario is? Kamar Wheaton, 200 yard rushing game. Kamar Wheaton didn't even play last game. So, like, <laughs> I know he was, they, they were saving him for this, for, for the irony of God. this game. So. It, it, there's so much OU oh. connection on this SMU offense. It's just so odd. It's, yeah, it's because really they can't weird. recruit. They can't recruit and keep players that are actually good. They're not good talent evaluators. Like we yeah, see this time and time again with SMU. They just throw bags at stars, but they don't actually know how to evaluate. But is that not a bad thing in today's climate <laughs> of college football? Of like playing the portal and getting these guys that you know after like a season or two are disgruntled and want to get more ready playing time from bigger it's programs. Good, it's a good, like, you, I'm I just it, talking about it, how well it, it worked for like Colorado and Texas state it, earlier in the podcast. Why can't yeah, because they, with- because they got Travis Hunter, Shador Sanders, who had a legitimate Alabama offer. And, like they're Colorado getting legit different. guys. Well, like SMU's not getting that. Look, Travis Hunter and Shadur Sanders obviously just committed to Deion Sanders and then yes. followed up. Well, I'm just saying in today's day and age, like playing the portal is just essentially another recruiting period. Right. But like, yes, but they're building their entire roster out of it, though. 
Yeah, they're, they're they're basically creating the island of misfit toys in Dallas, Texas. I'm sorry, yes. Highland Park, Texas. You, you also got, shout oh, out, yes. shout out, also shout out to Penny the dog who has made an appearance on the visual pod. This is why you watch on YouTube, folks. You get you get dogs. They hang out. It's great. Uh, Blake, what was your point about Highland Park? No, I just like <laughs> my favorite Highland Park thing was when Scotty Scheffler won his first major and like ESPN ran a segment on Sports Center that made Highland Park look like this like some small town, like humble community where it's like they're going around <laughs> to businesses in the area, like you know Scotty Scheffler, don't you? Like making it seem all like humble and nice. I'm like, you realize this is one of the richest zip codes in America. Like there is nothing humble or nice about it. It's like you hope a Scotty Scheffler is <laughs> Right out of here like a person built of all money to be at the range all day long like you Matthew hope Stafford, that you're, it'd, it'd be like Kershaw. yeah like, like it, it'd be on. like trying to it'd be like trying to treat Nichols Hills like goatee bow Oklahoma yeah like they yeah. try to make it all seem yeah, all like I I need to find it it's probably We're, somewhere hey, you, but it's hilarious Nichols, it's, <laughs> Nichols Hills is the Enid of Oklahoma City <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I think, think at I one point it. they I, went to I like think the... I live at the Eden of Oklahoma City. Let's be <laughs> frank. <laughs> Anyways, uh let's move on to our favorite pick of the week. Why are the brakes working? Because I cut the brakes! Wild card, bitches! Yeah! What? Oh, God! Oh, God! Oh, God! Oh, much like the gang's van, this podcast just cannot be stopped right now. I, I, I am sorry to move it all, move it along, but we are at hour 30 in Jameson uh, as you know, honestly, now when we look at the way it's set up, if you, if you're the worst uh, picker, you get the first wild card pick. So um, yeah, by default, Jameson kick us off here. Who do you got in your wild card? This has been a tough week for me, guys. Uh, I didn't want to talk about Texas state. Um, during the podcast, I, I know everyone wanted to hear my prompts from them and, um, it's been really tough. I've been having cravings throughout this week. I am really having the cravings to get back on the Texas state bandwagon. What I saw them do, do versus Baylor and what TJ Finley was doing and the swag from the new coaching staff and Josh Eaton looking like an absolute shutdown corner on the defense, like yeah i want to get back on that you know train and ride texas state but it, I, I can't keep playing this game where like i pick them and then they disappoint me and i go back and forth back and forth how about i just enjoy texas state whenever they're playing well i don't have to peek to pick them on the weekend spread anymore it's just a toxic relationship i know i've said this every week but i just need to keep on saying because i had cravings this week and i was ready to pick them versus utsa at plus 13 but here's the thing all of america's like oh yeah texas state just beat baylor you know utsa just lost uh yeah texas state's the pick there and i'm, I'm not going to get on when everyone else is getting on that train uh-uh no mm -mm. i was one of those early guys i mean todd was there before me but no 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 utsa i think actually might cover that just because frank harris ain't throwing three interceptions again and um i just think there's a lot of hype around texas state where I, I'm just I can't I can't get on that train right now. So I have to use my brain. And I understand we had someone on the pod fade cow and got absolutely burnt for it last week. <laughs> and that would be Bobby. <laughs> and I'm gonna play the reverse hype. I think people were saying, like, oh, cows might actually pretty good. Now I think just North Texas is absolute trash. So I'm gonna fade cow and I'm gonna pick Auburn and another late game because I'm trying to give myself something else to watch at late night to try to keep myself up. 
versus Auburn, six and a half, uh, minus six and a half, going on the road to Cal. Um, I understand Auburn's not really much to talk about, but I just think that they just have too much talent in an SEC roster that can't handle Cal for a touchdown. I, I like this pick a lot. Good pick. I like that. Like. I like that. I actually really like that. Uh, this one was actually hard for me because, like, the obvious one on the board for me, I was going to slam me some UCLA minus 14 and a half versus San Diego City University. <laughs> I'm not going to go, go there. Yes. Okay, we, Blake, we do have to mention there is something on the line yes. outside of the weekend yeah. spread. Uh, at, it, for the, for those real ball watchers, those who really listen to the Schooner Pod and the Weekend Spread, if you listen to the, to the Group of Five preview, you would know that Blake and I threw down a Malort bet over this game. Uh, in the double Malort, double Malort. So there is a potential double for Malort. double Malort. There's a potential for double Malort if San Diego State wins straight up, but if San Diego State covers the 14 and a half point spread, Blake has to do a Malort, even though he's free of his weekly burden. Uh, <laughs> He'd be free, but he would have one more time to repent or to, to have to take that in. Uh, but if UCLA cover uh, covers 14 and a half, which is a gnarly hook, by the way, who disgusting um, <laughs> UCLA covers, then I would have to do a Malort. And at that point, we, we, we would sort it out, probably meet over OU Texas, and I would take the Malort. But uh, regardless, Blake, because I'm um, the only one that owns the Malort right now. <laughs> yeah, you have to buy a bottle of Malort because you're gonna have to shoe nice it because if San Diego State <laughs> won the NCAA basketball tournament, I was never worried. Never worried. Uh, Were you? I was, no, I was. Never you worried. said they would lose in the round of sixty-four. That's why. <laughs> never you worried. <laughs> never worried. Never worried. Never in doubt. But anyways, Blake, I'm sorry. Get back with your wild card pick. I just wanted to establish. Uh, this aspect that some might not have noticed mainly because I'm pretty sure the group of five preview in total never got uh, uploaded on YouTube. So, Oh um, yeah, there we go. It was a total uh, mess. I'll say let's lock the line in for San Diego city, UCLA. We'll do it at the 14 and a half. I'm fine with that. Let's yeah, do it. I think we I, said it 14 and a half. Chip Kelly's energy. He was like, uh, what is it? Randy from South park with the wheelbarrow, you know, going after that game. <laughs> He had some edge to him. He had some dog in him that I am very excited about. I'm very excited about Dante Moore in that offense. Oh, baby, that that UCLA is getting me a little bit more excited that they underperformed last week. Like, I feel a lot better about that pick, but I'm not going to choose that. No reason to put double on the line. Agreed. Sean C. been mentioning it all night long. John Rice Plumley, we got to attack him. There's a three and a half on the board. Boise State. At home, plus three and a half. I am taking Boise State. I talked oh, about it last Did you not week. learn your lesson? They looked like trash. Oh, no. They gave me the sexiest first quarter I've ever seen. That first <laughs> quarter, <laughs> was not sexy. Boise was looking fine. And no. I loved that. <laughs> I We're watched not that giving whole game. We aren't giving away. We aren't giving away the game plan. Whenever Central Florida rolls into town, John Reese Plumley, uh, the uh, or I would say the one tool wonder, but a tool implies that he can do something great. He isn't doing crap. We come from a family that actually respect respects the blue turf, especially the blue turf. I'm actually gonna look this up. Is it? Is it at night? Is it at night? I feel like blue turf is always at night. Uh, Boise, Boise, Boise. Yes, six p.m. At night, we respect the blue turf under the lights. That's how Boise's always been. 
I think Taylor Green, as I said last week, he's been compared to the Vince Young of oh, the Mac God. Mountain God. West God. Conference. That sounds like a better that sounds like a better combination than John Rice Pumbley, who's just a guy that runs around the field all day against a Kent State team, which people overreacted to that game like no other. Oh, they blew out Kent State. He looked fantastic. Yeah, Kent State just lost their coach to be the offensive coordinator of Colorado. Ugh. He left a head coaching gig to go join Dion. I love me, love me some dog Boise State at home. Taylor Green going to show the world who is boss. Get the Central Florida nonsense out of your head. Just seep it out like the Harry Potter wand whenever they just take their <laughs> memories out and swirl it in a pool. Get those John Reese Pumley thoughts out of your mind. He's ass. We all know that. We all know that. We've seen it over many years. I, Boise State at home. Give me some points. Love it. So the Broncos, all me. Okay. Taylor Green threw inter- two interceptions. Yeah, <laughs> like- against Washington, who's probably going to win the uh, win the Pac-12 and could make the college football playoff. Could make. Oh, the- okay. Whoa. Okay. Oh, okay. We don't. We, do, we don't. We don't. We don't, have, we don't. We don't have time to dive into this. Michael, you Pete, just you just made a, a ridiculous Ooh, statement no. in a deposition. I don't think, that it's, will I don't think it's ridiculous. Be held against I think. I, I don't think, think it's ridiculous. I good. But I, 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 I wouldn't go out and say it They're right They're well-rounded. Now. They're so well-rounded. But but probably. It's a problem. Washington. Right. It's the, the maybe. Washington if you said maybe, I'd buy it. Who do you Plus, have winning the Pac-12? Like, for sure, for sure. Like, if nobody. It's not no one. That's no one for sure, for sure, which is why it's out of mm. pocket to say Washington for sure. Like, oh, I'm, I'm... And here's the thing, too. Michael Phoenix? Disc- look... He's this incredible. He had stats. Mike Phoenix, Mike Phoenix just... is a prank call name. Yeah, I, but he is he's an absolute he's baller. good. He's good. I'm not gonna discount the Oregon State Beavers from winning the Pac 12. I knew Bobby was gonna bring up the Beavers. I've been I've been a big Beav man, and I gotta say that Clemson performance proved it to me. DJ, not the issue there. I think he'll do great things with Oregon State. That mm. schedule is like easy. Wet mm. toilet paper. It's like the toilet pa- paper the Charmin Bear complains about at mm. the start of the commercial. That's how that's how easy that that is. It's zero <laughs> ply. It it is half ply. That anyways. Let's let's it's get on new schedule. To, I wish I wish we had a Clemson game on the schedule. We needed somebody to go in on we, Clemson. I, yeah, I I know I, we're at time, but we needed somebody to go I, in. On I Clemson. was looking up Charleston Southern, so, hoping that I could get a line there. No no line on Charleston Southern and Davo. Uh, Dabo's Anyways. lucky to get out of here, get out of this weekend without the weekend spread going in on him. So I, I that's say, the only win he'll have in a while. What one of my favorite uh, college football podcasts uh, outside of this one is uh, you know the old shutdown fullcast. They had the funniest um, title of all time, which was uh, "God Has Muted Clemson Football," which is hilarious. Uh, so, anyways, let's get on to my pick: more football, less God. <laughs> We only we only sprinkled a little bit uh, of the big G there. That's what that's um, what the uh, no that's what the uh, wasn't that a message board genius or was like less G's oh, more yes. more football. Too much Jesus in the uh, Clemson program. <laughs> Anyways, oh, incredible, Bobby. We build this program through Jesus's name, image, and likeness. The check bounced clearly. Uh, anyways, we're moving on to uh, my pick, and if you listen to our Big Fall <laughs> preview, um. I obviously had a lot of high praise for Kansas State. I I think they're a very oh, solid no. program. They they are a team that I think will 
be in the Big 12 championship. I, I think it's a toss-up between them, OU, and uh, Texas to, to win it. But as everybody knows who follows Kansas State, including myself, because I've been burnt by this many times, they always lose to an incredibly, or make a game that they shouldn't make interesting, incredibly interesting. This week, they play Troy. Troy is, uh, is a 16 and a half point dog. I love Troy plus 16 and a half here. Love that uh, pick. Love that Very, pick. very, very solid Sunbelt team last year. People, once again, are forgetting that uh, Kansas State will fumble the bag in these scenarios. I don't know if they lose straight up. They damn well might. That This is worth kind of a little, a fun little money line sprinkle. Um, but K-State clearly has a massive problem with these Sunbelt teams. They lost to Arkansas State. Or not even just Sunbelt, just teams, you know, group of five teams. They lost to uh, Arkansas State in 2020. They lost to Tulane. Um, and then here we have a really capable, really solid Troy team. I love the 16 and a half here. This is my favorite, 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 favorite pick of the week. I was really worried that someone was going to snap this one up. No, uh, I... but yeah, we're we're, uh, we're 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 putting we're putting we're putting our pick on the Trojans here. Ladies and gentlemen of the Schooner Pod, it's a rare moment. It's not a rare moment that we have the same game picked in a wild card situation. Many of you may have predicted that this week, Jameson and I would pick the same game with the Texas State Boko the Bobcats to cover against whatever Texas... Other Texas school that they're playing, I think it's Texas Tech. Um, but we know, we have learned that Boko, you must leave them alone. You must let them go so that they can fly. Mm-hmm. We've forsaken them last week and we have paid the price and we have learned our lesson never to happen again. But we shall not, we shall not pick them because we need to give them space to grow. As we all know, championships run through San Marcos. It's a rare moment on the Schooner Pod when we have the same wild card game that has come up and people are going opposite directions, a head to head wild card. And I think most of you know where I'm going. I know. I had to go do a wardrobe change. I had to do a wardrobe change for this pick because I want people to understand that. While I'm picking this team, it is on a transactional basis. And I have been for this team many times. I've been against this team many times. This team has done some unforgivable things as a fan base and as a team in claiming championships that should not be awarded to them. It's tomfoolery. It should not be allowed, the same as Oklahoma State. Both these teams should be sanctioned by the United Nations and by the UN, and uh, and given the death sentence by both for, for what they've done in claiming fake national championships. I'm, of course, talking about a team that I will be supporting this week, and that is the Central Florida Golden Knights. Yes. I think that's what they're called. And I've had to put my Navy jersey on to, to, to put a, an asterisk on this. The asterisk on this is that Central Florida is not Space University. They don't even have a top five claim to being Space University. NASA, P 
people who've gone to space, people who've been on the moon, and the currently they've already been selected. If you haven't been following uh, astronaut crews, they get selected pretty far out. The currently selected astronauts who will be the first to land on the moon are all overwhelmingly associated with the United States Naval Academy and the naval service that it represents. The first person to step on the moon most likely will be a, a United States Marine who went to the Naval Academy um, based on, on their astronaut crew and, and what NASA has said. And it, it's just, it, it's absurd to me that a school that has produced like janitors as a community college for the Kennedy Space Center only, which is only a small portion of NASA, claims to be Space University. Anyways, I'm taking the Central Florida Knights against Boise State. Unlike Blake, I'm a defender of the Shield. This is a Big 12 team against a group of five out of conference team, right? Somebody has to defend the Shield, right? I am the chosen. Someone has to defend <laughs> the Shield. It shall be me. I have Central Florida. They're going to Boise State. What, right? What do we know about Boise? I know some things about Boise. The only people that live there aren't from Boise. They've come from other states, and they want to live in Idaho. No one's from Boise. No one cheers for Boise beyond the gimmick. OU fan, big hater of Boise. Give me UCF minus whatever it is. I'll take UCF minus 28 against Boise State. This Love is it. not 2000 whatever when Boise was relevant. We're talking about former fake, but, you know, national champions, Central Florida. Not Space University, but we'll cover this weekend. Look, two teams at, at, at a time were like the non-Power 5 darlings. One has been stuck in the Mountain West the entire time, or America, wherever the hell they are. And the other is in the Big 12. The truck stop field, Mountain West. As my I, pick as was I, the I, ultimate shield pick because, honestly, Utah should have been replaced by Boise State. They should have been. Clearly don't care about academic standards. Uh, Yo, ball not knower. Ball not knower. Ball not knower. As, uh, as uh, Kevin Durant best said it, Shaquille, obviously not a ball, uh, doesn't know hey, ball. What's more uh, Big 12 than upsetting Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch? Isn't it Lincoln Riley's birthday today? It is. <laughs> Happy welcome 40th, to, Lincoln. Welcome to your 40th, Lincoln. It, oh, it's his 40th? <laughs> Dang, he's old. Future future Dallas Cowboys head coach, Lincoln Riley. Congrats, man. Uh, please, please. Are you please. sure about that? Are you sure yes, about that? Yes, Yeah, Bobby, Bobby. Yeah, do you we have Mike McCarthy right as now? our head coach right yeah, now? I, 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 know, yes. I know it's Mike McCarthy, but, Mike, but Lincoln isn't the answer. I'm a Cowboys but, fan, and, and Lincoln Bridge, is the answer Cowboys. only because... Lincoln has so many associations with current and future quarterbacks that he'll at least get rid of Dak, and yep. that's the only problem that the Cowboys face. But he'd probably bring on Alex Grinch because he has some weird like, oh, blood. Hey, Alex, Grinch, Alex, Grinch, Alex Grinch, Grinch, Dak's are one for please. one. Give me that Alex, every day of the week. Alex Grinch, Grinch, Dallas Cowboys, DC. I need it. Please. Teaching I need it. these NFL hey, players how to play speed. Or, hey, hey, at least <laughs> speed. At least speed. Micah Parsons has speed. Uh, Micah Parsons has speed. Trayvon Diggs has speed. Trayvon Diggs would love not... speed. Hey, yeah, he doesn't even love his brain speed. at all. Speaking he of loves... speed, speaking of speed, what's Michael Honeycutt up to? 
<laughs> oh Jesus! Okay, Ty knows. Ty, Ty knows how to start to uh, start the process of ending a podcast, uh, folks. It's been an I'm hour. Exhausted. Jameson's about to die. Uh, this has been a hell of a show. Uh, we will find a way to make these shorter. Maybe <laughs> our, our goal was an hour. We ended up 50, 50 minutes Stop over. Stop choosing such a good slate, Bobby. <laughs> it's Ty. It's Ty's fault. Ty what do you want me to do? Be this white night and not talk a lot about all of his picks. And he went on at least five rants on his picks. Space Station. Um, just <laughs> to name one. Alabama dissertations. Like, like, come on. Like, he cross-examined Blake. <laughs> yeah. This man claimed he was going to be so taciturn during his pick. God, uh, God forbid this podcast follows the legal process as outlined <laughs> in the Constitution. You mentioned it was a kangaroo court at one point. All right, I, I, anyways, anyways, yeah, I we got we got to wrap this. You, we got to wrap this. Look, if you like the podcast, you you already look. If you're listening at this point, you already you've already done the things we're gonna tell you to do. Like, and subscribe. I summon pot of greed. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> I swear to God, we already lost Ty somehow. Uh, yeah, that's the end of the show. Uh, if you like the show, do the things that indicate that you like the show, so we can keep growing. Thank you to all the people who listen to us live. There are quite a few of you, which is honestly astonishing. We have eight viewers, which I know that doesn't sound like a lot. But uh, honestly, we were at 20. Shocking. We were at 20. We have eight that have gone with us this entire time. They might just be Tylee Burner, so you never know. But also, uh, thank if you're real people, thank you so much for listening. This is always a fun show. Uh, it goes crazy, it goes off the wall. But honestly, I think you like us for that reason. So uh, we're just going to keep being us, keep doing our thing. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Anyways, um, next week, we uh, will be breaking down. Obviously, the SMU game on the Schooner Pod. Jameson will be MIA for a while. Um, uh, two weeks, we'll, we'll guys. You'll see me. In we'll two have weeks. him in video form. We'll have him in video form popping in, uh, except for the Schooner Pod parts. Um, so it'll be a little different. Jameson, one question before we go: What do you think uh, the world of college football looks like uh, the next time you appear live and in person on a uh, on a weekend spread or a Schooner Pod? Man, we're going to be talking about undefeated Texas going against an undefeated Oklahoma, and we're going to have the most hype up in the Red River rivalry since it was Colt McCoy, Sam Bradford. Ooh, that OU Texas would be nuts, man. <laughs> Seriously, I'm obviously joking about that, but still. But it might that, happen. That would be that would be really really fun. I was talking with some people today about that, and I, I was actually talking with my mom about it too. Like, like imagine like a game Red River rivalry where it's not like one team is bad and one team is good, or both teams like are disappointing. You actually have that kind of intense both set of confident fans. And that's why I'll be cheering for Texas versus Alabama. I understand that y'all are fading that, and I understand um, that y'all are believers in Alabama, but I'll be thoroughly enjoying um, Texas if they are going to win this game. I won't hate it. And I'll, I'll say this beating an undefeated Texas after beating Alabama makes it way more sweeter. If, that, mm -hmm. if, if we somehow did that, oh, I mean, seriously, it'd be unreal. Um, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, looking forward to these weeks. Not because you're gone, but because football is awesome. Uh, so yeah. All right. Well, this has been another edition of the Weekend Spread. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you uh, coming up soon. Coming up next, you know, recapping uh, Tulsa and, or sorry, recapping SMU, previewing Tulsa and talking about a pretty solid week three. 
Have a good week, everyone, and good luck out there.